You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Joining me tonight... Me? <laughs> Micah? Yeah, I never know how to do that anymore. I know. It, this training. started a few weeks ago, and I've I've just... Had fun with I it. I have ran with it ever since. Yeah, okay. So it's <laughs> it's fun every time. You just don't know what I'm going to do. Don't know if you're going to introduce me or if i got to say my own name, which is fine. It's whatever. Or just say me? Yeah, me. Everybody knows me. So how's it going? Going good, man. The cold looks like it's gone away, so work's finally starting to slow down a little bit, which is nice because it, we've been running really hard the last yeah. few weeks, been really busy. So so this episode won't come out for a few weeks. We're recording yeah. this episode on February 23rd, and it was like 68 degrees today. Yeah, it was gorgeous out. It, yeah. it was great. The sun was shining, got warm, had to take my hoodie off. It was great. Good yeah. day. Special, sure. I had the windows down in the car. Yeah, I had, to, I had to go to St. Louis for work today, and... Had the window down all the way there. Well, not all the way there. I was driving at six in the morning there, but yeah, that might be a all the way back. It was it was great. Yeah. So, but today we had our buddy Ty on again from Heartland Bow Hunter, and we talked shed hunting. And we also finished up his season and everything that he had going on, and then we jumped into shed hunting, and uh, he gave us some tips and tricks, and mm-hmm. talked a little bit about he uh, he runs a dog as well for sheds. So Ty it, made a giant mistake. Inviting us over to his house the first time we recorded the episode <laughs> about Dreamer because we saw these sheds that he finds yeah. and, and, and then talked about shed hunting. And so immediately we were like, we need to talk to him about shed hunting. Yeah, he knows a thing or two, <laughs> so, for sure. So uh, he we sub, he was subjected to us yet again in this episode. And so graciously enough, he accepted. Yeah, so, so it's, a, it's a really good episode. I learned quite a bit. I don't shed hunt very often. Mm-hmm. Even less this year because of all the coyote hunting we've been doing. Yeah, um, that's of, taking my time. So right, and that with the kids and everything. But, but yeah, that too. I do. Uh, usually, when it warms up a little bit more, I I try to take Brinley out and you know do a little bit of walk around. We will get some public ground next, to, pretty close to my house. And I mean, we never really find much, but it's always fun to get out in the woods. You know, it's finally the temperatures are finally getting to where you can get out, especially with the kids. It's not too cold, and mm-hmm. just get out in the woods a little bit and get some fresh air. So that's yep. always nice. Yep. So uh, today, like I said, we have Ty on, and we're going to get into it. Yep. Got anything else? Nope. All right. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us today, returning guest, Ty Easley with Heartland Bow Hunter. How's it going? Oh, it's going good, guys. How's life been treating you since the last time we, we talked? Uh, well, life has always been good. Uh, <laughs> the, the hunting was a little slow uh, late season, or should I say, I guess, when did we talk? When was that in? Well, it was, it was it the was, story about well, Dreamer. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, that was October, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, so not too long after I shot him. It was the night, the next night, I'm pretty sure, if I remember right. The night well, or the day it had to be recent because um, he was in oh, your yeah. freezer. Yeah, we got to. We got to yeah, so it was. Pretty pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it was a day or so before, right after you killed him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, see, other than that, everybody. I've had a, you know a bunch of people ask me, "Oh, how was your season?" I was like, "Well, I can't really say it was my worst season ever because I killed the biggest <laughs> buck I ever killed in Missouri." Sure. Yeah. But if that hadn't happened, it would have been a pretty rough season because uh, you know I never did. Uh, get one with my dad or my daughter or a couple of my buddies that I hunt with. Nobody else ended up scoring uh, or getting one. Uh, so it finally got to the point where late season my daughter hadn't shot one. 
And I was like, babe, we need some meat for the freezer. So if, you, <laughs> if you're not going to get one, then I better get so – I ended up getting out and getting a doe late season. Okay, so that there was, you go. And you guys fun. hit it hard, too. I was following you guys yeah, on me you too. Know, your stories and stuff like that. And you guys hit it hard. And yeah. Yeah, that stinks that it didn't come together there. Yeah, no doubt. My daughter was uh, – it's been – she started off – I think she started hunting about seven years ago. And uh, she killed one her first year, then didn't kill one her second year, then killed one her third year. And now she's like on a four or five year dry spell, <laughs> so she's Heavens. starting to be like. Uh, Is it because she's picky? Uh, yeah. Or are you picky for her? No. Or how's that work? I think it might be a little bit of both. I mean, I'm. She's killed a couple, you know, nice bucks. So we've kind of, you know, all on that page of shooting kind of four or five year old deer better. Mm-hmm. And the last three years, it's been she she met, she shot one three years ago and hit him high. And so we've been pretty much after that deer for three years in a row now since since she hit him She's high. Tunnel and vision. So yeah. So and last year, she we saw him had a close call didn't happen. And then this season, uh, we never did never did lay eyes on him unfortunately. So that's too bad. We've seen it, a couple other ones, but just didn't work. Was out. he was he still showing up on camera and everything? Yeah, that that was just... the worst part. It was weird though. This year, typically once the whitetails that I hunt get that six years, that usually four and five years, especially five years old, is when they're typically the most nocturnal. Well, for some reason, him this year at six years old, he was really nocturnal. I had a few pictures of him in daylight, and we just couldn't catch up with him. But you know, the the food sources that he was on the previous year in late season. Um, Usually he was showing up in daylight quite a bit, and this year it just wasn't the case. He was just getting there. I don't know if he was bedding too far away, which I assume kind of the case. And like I, you know, said in the other uh, time last time we all got together, there's other guys that hunt that property, so I think that had a little bit to do with it. I think they were kind of little pressure you know, on a little pressure and and moving around a little bit during daylight. They I know a few of the guy, especially one of the guys that was moving around, you know, checking different spots out, and I think he. You know, just deer like that, they can't take that much pressure. They're right. going to. They're just going to hunt her down yep. and. Turn nocturnal. Yeah. Yep. Well, I have to give you a official uh, thank you because a few weeks after our episode, you, you held my hand after I shot my archery buck uh, that I night. And I don't know if I did me, too much. Helped me but feel better about <laughs> the decision I was making to back out and if he, if he was going to die and all that stuff. So. I well, appreciate you doing that. It sounded like it, it, worked, it ended up working yep, out we, good. We did so. find him right where I left him. So that was. Yeah. That worked out well. No doubt. That was, that was a good one. Oh, you ended up getting another one, right? You got ended up with two. Yeah. Uh, was it two in six days, I think? Yeah. Yeah, six, I killed, six or eight days. I can't remember. I killed, yeah, no, it would have been six. I killed the archery buck the Monday before rifle season and then the rifle buck opening. So you came over and took all my mojo is yep. what it was, I think, right? I think <laughs> I did. I, I saw the deer. Well, I didn't get crap. <laughs> right. So I, I mean, I took a doe. I uh, took the mojo. You must not have got. Yeah, I, right. it, it didn't rub off on me. I had. A, I mean, it was a fine year. I saw plenty of deer, but just nothing that I wanted to, you know, put my tag on. You know, just those new properties and stuff like that. Still figuring those out. And up north with rifle, I just didn't have anything that we wanted to. You know, we need. They needed another year or two before we, you know, should really start hunting after them. So right, yeah. right. It's just part of it, though. Yeah. So. That's, I did have a quick funny, funny story to share if we got just a second. Yep. Um, my dad, uh, I was hunting hard with him all year. He'll, he'll love this if he gets to hear it. And uh, so the only encounter we had all year with him, we, we were it was uh, early November, and we got in there. I took off early from work. We got in, got in the stand, got in early. You know, it was probably 2 o'clock or so and 2.30, and got up there about 3.30, rolls around. He's like, man, I need to use the restroom. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I was like, well, you know, we still got a couple hours. I was like, if you're going to do it, if you got to go, go now, right? So he goes climbing out of the tree, gets about 40, 50 yards from the stand, and I look out back to the west through the timber, and I see antlers working our <laughs> way. And I'm like, my heart just sinks. I'm like, are you kidding me? We've been hunting all this time, and this is this is how it's going to go down. And, of course, I'm trying to whistle to my dad, get his attention, trying not to, you know, disturb the deer. And eventually the deer gets close enough and looks up the ridge and sees my dad heading off, walking up the hill. And <laughs> so th- that was literally the only encounter we had with get, the shooter. Did buck. you get that on tape? Where I, you got him walking away, and then you pan down, you got the deer. <laughs> right. I did get him walking away, and I tried to go to the deer, uh, but it was kind of in some, you know, it was still probably about 60 or 70 yards. And uh, I didn't get great footage of the deer, but I just, uh, it was one of those moments you just <laughs> like, has this really happened? Is this now, really? was it your dad at least? 
unaware of what was going oh, on he at the had time. No clue. So at least he got Until to go to the he bathroom got back. piece. Right. <laughs> it's Dan. He talks about what does he call it? He calls it a sky dump. Or right. <laughs> you know? If I would have known, that's what I'd have told him. Actually, I'd have been, I'd have been like, just go, man. Just, just go, and we'll we'll worry about it later. I won't tell anybody. Yeah, I can understand that feeling. You're in the tree, and you're just like, there's no way I'm making it to dark. Right. What do I need to do here? Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's not a fun feeling. I've I've yeah I've put my back against the tire a few times you know before right. heading into the stand and stuff it's no fun but no, no. but it's better to do it before i guess and yeah, it happens it yeah, definitely happens happen. that's so. too bad yeah bad, <laughs> of course bad, that's when he shows bad up timing. yeah right yeah so how things have been going at artland bow hunter oh they're going good everybody uh we we all had a really good season again everybody uh like everybody on the team got a nice at least one nice buck and i know mike and sean both shot multiple nice bucks this year and uh, so yeah, it was a, it was honestly a really, another really good season. We keep, you know, you, you're expecting to have a bad year eventually, right? When you've been doing it this long, but I think with the group of guys we got and, you know, the opportunities and places that we have to hunt and just the time we put in and all the preparation, it, you know, hard work, hard work pays off. So somebody's bound to have yeah. success, hopefully. Yeah. And that's yeah. a nice thing. Even if somebody does have an off year, usually there's, you know, you know, we got seven or eight guys that. That yeah. really put in the time, and somebody's going to make up for it. Like my year last year, we, I really only had the one. Usually, between me and my couple of my buddies and my daughter and my dad, I usually get three or four on video. Yeah. But yeah, this past year was just kind of a, a struggling year for myself. That's sort so. of been. I mean, we're not Heartland bow hunter, but in the Missouri Woods and Water family, in 2018, all three of us had, yeah, we had amazing years. Year. Mm-hmm. 2019, Andy had a good year. I didn't kill anything, and you I didn't. didn't kill anything either. And then this year, I had a good year, and then Andy actually—he's not going to like hearing. You're not going to like, the, you're not gonna like <laughs> yeah. uh, reliving this, but Andy um, lost one, a uh, good one that he shot that he lost. It, I mean, it's still alive. It's, it's still alive. He didn't well, put a he, fatal he shot. He punched on it, it yeah. right there in the shoulder and didn't yeah. get much penetration. So, uh, so but, he had that opportunity, but didn't end up capitalizing. And then Micah. Um, just didn't have it happen again but so you're bound up but at least so far we've all one of us has at least had a good year and then in one year we just really yeah it'd be nice to relive that year oh my goodness it wasn't even just us three i mean it was all our buddies that we hunt with everybody just had a great year yeah um 2018 if we could do that every year that would (laughs) we might be up there with harlan bow ours was 2019 for me and and uh that kind of my dad and me and i think every all myself and four of our buddies four of my buddies all killed and that was kind of our you know banner year if you will the only person that didn't kill that year was my daughter so but (laughs) yeah yeah awesome well good um so what we're getting into today is i know we're sitting on today we're it's february 23rd this episode won't come out until somewhere in the beginning of March. And um, so deer are obviously starting to drop antlers or already have. Um, I've seen some that still have both sides. but So we're going to talk about shed hunting. Um, Ty is a big shed, shed hunter. Yeah, the we're last, looking at a few hundred yeah, right now. A few hundred of them. Um, so he loves shed hunting. Um, he uh, gets into dogs, and we'll get into all of that. So um, we're kind of just going to get into shed hunting and what – ty does when he goes out and kind of how he goes about shed hunting because you obviously know how to do it (laughs) either that or you walk an ungodly (laughs) amount of miles it's it's both both. (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna make an admission right here on this show that's gonna make people upset with me probably but ty do you know how many sheds i have found in my life i do not the answer is this many. Seriously? I either am unlucky or I don't pay attention well enough. It was enough. zero. It was zero, by the way. <laughs> wow, that is surprising. Yeah. Um, I've got a brother-in-law, Russell, who's part of our, our group, and uh, that kid can be on the back of an ATV 80 yards away from an antler laying on the ground and go, look, there's an antler. Right. And that, that literally is a story that happened with Russell, myself, and Andy. And it's either I just don't have an eye for it or – they're just not where I'm at. Um, right. Now, full transparency, Transparency. I'm not shed hunting a lot. Right. But every property I hunt, I've, I've walked them in years past, and I just don't find any. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm That's not, something I'm I gotta not get great. better at. I'm not great at it by any means. I've gone out a few times to specifically shed hunting, found a handful, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not up to your standards when it comes to it. So, but yeah, so we're definitely excited to uh, hear some of those tips, tricks, and whatever, whatever information you have, really. Mm-hmm. So, because everybody, I mean, a lot of people get into it. I mean, it's you know, it's becoming a really popular thing to do in a in a lot. Of yeah, people's. there's there's no doubt it. Uh, it is way bigger than it was when I first started. And Shed you probably Hunt. hate that. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, you know I do and I don't. I mean it, it's fun. It's it's kind of like a scavenger hunt to go, you know, to go and look for them. So uh, honestly, one of the biggest things that to me one of the hardest things to do during shed season is to wait and to stay out of the woods until you know the deer. Either for me, a lot of times it's just, I'm looking for a specific deer, and you know. Other times, even if I'm not looking for a specific deer, I try to keep my cameras going, you know, until, you know, middle, late March. And I've even seen deer, you know, as late as like the middle of April with both sides still on. That's probably the latest I've ever seen, you know, a nice three-year-old eight-pointer, you know, still have both sides on. That's a long time. Is there any, um, I've heard, and you might know this, I've heard if, if, they're in really good nutrition. They're really healthy. I hear that they hang on to their antlers longer. Do you know any truth of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally, you know, believe that. Um, I think anytime any deer is, you know, malnourished or, you know, <coughs> wounded possibly from the season, run down from the rut, you know, whatever you whatever you want to call it or whatever it is, um, I definitely think those deer tend to lose their you know, shed their antlers quicker. I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, just making sure that they have new nutrients in their body and taking care of their body first mm-hmm. and, you know, drop their antlers first. I'm not no scientist or anything like that, but I've definitely noticed that uh, in the past of just watching deer uh, and anyone that is typically injured or really thin, you know, mm-hmm. you, they are usually one of your first ones to drop more yeah, often than not. the nutrients won't go where they yeah. need to go up there, yeah. Yeah. Well, what what... I guess to start, what are the reasons that you choose to shed hunt? I mean, obviously it's enjoyable, yes, um, but it also helps you with all kinds of other things. Oh, like yeah. Getting intel on where where deer are, late season, you know, where he might have been bedding. Um, what are the reasons you, you got into it in the first place? And, and then we'll just kind of go from there on some of your strategies. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the one of the... The main reason, obviously, I, I hunt is kind of like what you uh, said. What is I, I just want to learn more about the deer, and especially a specific deer. Um, now I know it, you can say that a little loosely because sometimes, sometimes you know, you go out and you shed hunting, and you might find a shed in this certain area, but not that's not necessarily not necessarily the area that that buck stays in most of the time. Mm-hmm. Just because when you are shed hunting. The, the main thing that I look for, first of all, is, is food. I mean, because there's nothing more that drives a deer that time of year than his stomach. Stomach and then the cover. So if you can find, A, where they're feeding at and where they're bedding at, I mean, that's that's a huge, huge part of shed hunting. And then, you know, just find the, the route that he's taken to and from. Now, you, you, do, you always get those random sheds here and there where, you know, they're just maybe from somebody going in too early and bumping mm-hmm. deer around and uh you know they they drop in kind of those random places that's why to me the biggest key and one of the most important things is is waiting till that deer's dropped if you can wait till they've dropped their antlers and you're not going in and pushing them around and running them off your property even and making them shed somewhere else that's that's the biggest thing but you get those places like, uh, you know, public ground, which I, I, I shed hunt a bunch on public grounds. And uh, I typically shed hunt those places sooner because. It doesn't know, necessarily matter. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. And, and more I'm, people are probably going to so be in there. So many people yeah. are going to be in and out of there. And you, part of that is just kind of getting lucky. You know, you're being there hopefully right after he drops them because mm-hmm. you could be in there one day and walk it all and. And he drops them the next day, and another guy walks in right where you're at and pick them up. So you just, it's kind of random. So that's what I typically do is, is shed hunt on public ground first and try to leave my spots alone as, as long as I can and let the cameras tell me when they drop and then mm-hmm. when I'm going in. So you're still just going into your properties, getting your chips, 
coming back and yep. you're just waiting, playing the waiting game. Yeah. And especially sure. this year, I've been, we've, we've, you know, with this cold weather, this extreme, these and Missouri here, we've had some, I mean, temperatures we haven't seen since I think they said like 89, mm-hmm. you know, that cold. We broke several um, records. I know that. Yeah. So we've been, fe- what I was getting at, we were going to, we, uh, we actually fed them through late season this year, which hopefully in turn will help kind of narrow our search down mm-hmm. for some of the sheds. Uh, but, you know, we were taking alfalfa flakes and bales and, and then, you know, mixing that with corn and trying mm-hmm. to trying to help the, the herd get through because we, we have quite a few bucks that we're really excited to hunt next year and, and we wanted to, you know, help them get yeah, through that, that season. It's pretty bad. You don't want to go out there and find a deadhead of one that you, oh, you yeah. know, kind of like kept track of keeping your fingers sport. crossed as you're walking through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if it were dead, you'd want to find it. But at the same time, that's the last thing you probably want to see laying there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a double-edged sword. You, you definitely are like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I found it. But it, it can be, you know, more disappointing than anything. I'd much rather pick up their sheds than, than pick up their dead head for sure. Right. So you were, uh, you know, a lot of it's obviously for intel. And mm-hmm. you have, the way you hunt, you want your deer to get mature. Right. So you can have a lot of these deer that you might find their sheds for four straight years, potentially. What are some things, and you were telling us a little bit of story uh, before we started recording that I'm sure you'll um, touch on here. Um, what are the what are the things you use from finding a particular deer's sheds year in and year out? I mean, how many times have you been able to, to find a specific, specific bucks sheds more than once yeah so typically uh you know most of most of the deer we try to start hunting are generally about five years old it used to be four now in these about the last three or four years it's been five and older so to find a buck sheds more than you know three years in a row is pretty difficult to do Mm -hmm. i've done it a couple times maybe i think two or three times where i've found at least four years of sheds to a deer which is pretty difficult to do a wild whitetail um but most of the time i'll find a year like dreamer i had two two years of his sheds um and uh, most of them you know you and that's the other thing you know i may have had maybe a year and a half old shed from him or two and a half but a lot of times you don't really start recognizing a deer until they usually till they hit about three years old yeah once they get their own characteristics and stuff and you can really pinpoint them yeah Unless they got something really weird, you know, some sure. real distinguishing feature. But usually it's a three-year-old before I start even, really before I even start even noticing, you know, what. Yeah. Or having an idea of what kind of potential that that deer is going to have. So, um, but, you know, as far as the, what, you know, I, I can't remember. What, what were you asking right there at the end? I can't remember. So, like, what do you, what are some of the things that help you when you find a, a specific deer sheds? Oh, yeah. Year yeah. after year. Yeah, um, so, even if it's just two years in a row. Before. Yeah, obviously the location of the shed is the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean that that is the big thing. It just helps pinpoint. I, I I honestly I don't like finding them. I mean even though they're the easiest to find in food plots, I'd much rather find them in a travel corridor between food mm-hmm. and bedding, or find it in their bedding, or you know, or right around there, because then that puts more of the pieces of the story together. Because most of the time our cameras are near the food plot, because we're not keeping our cameras back in their bedding area because obviously we don't want to go back in their bedding area so i i would prefer to find sheds in those areas um but with that said i you know every time you pick up a shed it just tells that much more about that deer and i don't know i i there's something about just you know finding one that knowing that he's had that on his head and grew it the whole year and just and just another you know piece of the puzzle it's it's always exciting yeah Do do you find that uh like when you do find them on, you know, the trails and stuff like that, do you find that they keep those patterns for a certain period of time? Are they, or is it yearly or, you know, seasonally, however you want to put it? Yeah, especially like if, especially when they're dropping their, their antlers about, you know, now we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, you take that data, because you were telling us the last time we talked, you are, data driven you know yeah. you record a lot yeah do you take that data and compare it to their august september movements their movements throughout the, the rut and then when you're finding their sheds and even trail cam pictures that you got throughout yeah. march but you know are, and are you seeing um some of these bucks that are doing 
are that are in the same areas? Or are you seeing just a whole change a lot of times after the rut's over? No, uh, I mean typically, um, a lot of times I'll have some bucks that will show up and rut in a certain area. Uh, that buck my daughter was hunting that we talked about. I won't get pictures of him all summer long until about the beginning of October, and then he shows up and he'll stay there typically till right around February or so. And I picked up one of his sheds, you know, last year. Wow. Uh, now I haven't, he didn't drop last year till the 24th, which today is what the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he should yep. be dropping tomorrow. So I should be able to go find, no, I mean, <laughs> three, it's funny. I say 3 that PM, you need to be out there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's funny. I say that. Cause honestly, I've, I've noticed that pattern a lot throughout the years of certain bucks. I had a buck, uh, I called Sendero buck. It's one of the deer that I found four years of sheds too. And, uh, every year he was one of the, and this was really before I was running trail cameras, um, very much, but every year, uh, he would drop, he would, he would be like one of the last bucks to drop on the farm. He almost always dropped right about the first week of March, which is so hard. I mean, I, to stay out of, you <laughs> right. know, off there until yeah. March. Uh, but it usually made for good shed hunts. I mean, cause when I go in there, they all had dropped. By yeah. Then. Most of the deer <laughs> dropped by, you know, that first week or, you know, second week of March when I went in to look for his, uh, but it's funny because I found his sheds really over a pretty big area, uh, you know, for all, over all four years when I look back at that. I mean, probably it was kind of in a big section that's maybe, you know, approximately a, a half mile by a half mile, you know, kind of surrounded by roads. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've found some of his sheds on the front side of that section and some closer to the back side. I mean, a good, you know, almost a quarter mile away from each other. Not the same year, but, you know, from year to year. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's it don't always hold true as far as, you know, there is no absolute, you know, when it comes to whitetails. Right. Sure. I think a big part of that is because of pressure, you know. I mean, a lot of times people go in and they bump deer. And then part of it is, you know, late season, they're looking for food. There's not a lot of food out there, so they have to move. You know, they have to go find, you know, wherever it's at. So that's that's like i said that one of the two biggest things is if you can be patient and wait till the deer drop and i know that's not always possible especially on public ground mm-hmm. uh but the other one is is if you can find what they're feeding on yeah, i mean that's a big part of it if you can find where they're feeding and where they're bedding those two things you know are are, are huge well no. and go ahead micah well when you go out there are you do do you do like a zigzag pattern or are you you specifically where do you find, focus on yeah, certain Yeah, like this is where they're bedding. I'm going to go walk around their bedding. If I don't find it there, I'm going to go to the food or whatever. Yeah, so they're bedding. The, the, I usually start oh, at the beginning of the year. I usually walk food for quite a while. I mean, I, so I don't mind if I'm going to – I'll even shed hunt on farms that that I know that I really don't want to shed hunt the whole farm. Mm-hmm. But I'll check I'll check food sources, All you know, at the, usually the beginning of shed season, which for me is about – you know, beginning of February, maybe the third week of January. I was going to say January 16th. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it can be. But, again, you get back to, oh, I don't want to get out too yeah. soon. But, but yeah, some of those bigger deal, deer a lot of times will drop sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I assume it's because they probably rut a little harder, you know, chasing does. A little and more rundown. A little sure. more rundown. And uh, a lot of times, it's not, it's not always true because, right. like I said, that one buck march every year. So, but, yeah, I usually – I usually uh, shed hunt food at the beginning of the year, uh, at least for the first couple weeks. And once I start getting into the bedding areas, I try not to get into the bedding areas till usually right around the middle of February. And then I'll hit them once, and then I'll leave them alone for about three or four weeks. And I'll, that's why, you know, I'll rotate to different places that I shed hunt. Uh, and unfortunately, I still have to work. I, if, right. I, if I I could find a lot more sheds if I didn't have that dang job. <laughs> but you know, I you know I get out when I can. Spend a lot more money too if you didn't have a job. Yeah, bored. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I I that's kind of what I go off of. I I hunt the food plots first, and then you know slowly start dipping back into the bedding areas. As far as zigzagging back and forth, I mean, you know, I mean. Snow is a great asset when it comes to shed season, especially early on. Um, if you can, you know, get that good good snow in February. Honestly, I, my some of my best shed hunts ever have been after just like what happened. You know, you get a four, five, six-inch snow, and then it all melts off. 
And the, the big key there is all the leaves are laid down, all the grass is laid down flat from the snow. And then if you can get kind of a cloudy day uh, after that or that mm-hmm. right about that time that's happening, there's no like, you know, the last couple of days have been like ideal shed conditions minus the sun. It has been sunny. But uh, like Thursday this week, the 25th, will be really good shed day. All the grass is still laid down real good. Everything's wet. And it's supposed to be cloudy on Thursday. That'll be a real good day to get out and, you know, you don't get all those shadows cast and you're not, you know, get the sun glaring in your face. So, I mean, I, I try to pay attention how I walk a property um, when it comes to the sun. I'll, I'll try to always, if the sun is out, I'm always trying to keep it at my back when I'm walking uh, so the sun is shining on the sheds, you know, versus mm-hmm. looking in and you're squinting and <laughs> having making sure you're wearing a bill, you know, your hat. And, um, so, you know, those are kind of you know, little little tricks that I pay attention to uh it's like just like deer hunting you know you it's not any one thing like i always tell everybody yeah. it's it's all the little things that you pay attention to um but that's i was thinking you know food bedding mm-hmm. and then you know this time of year it's so easy to find travel paths oh yeah because they're just with the snow especially like, especially with the snow they're just yeah. boom there they are everything's mm-hmm. dead and you can see where they walk and i was thinking you know that's probably the three areas that you would focus on is travel corridors, bedding, food. But yep. I never thought about, and it makes sense after you say it, you don't want to be in their bedding area every day because then they're not going to be there. Yeah. They're going to stop going there because yeah. you keep bothering them. Yep. And that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yep. And it, it, it's tough. Um, uh, when you got snow on the ground, it's real beneficial, like I said, especially bedding. You know, obviously you can see their trails a lot easier. Um but you can literally find a big deer's tracks and follow it right where it's, you know, right where it's living. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it's going to take you right to where it's bedding. You know, sometimes it's hard to follow it. You get in an area where there's a high concentration of deer. And obviously those are harder areas because then you got tracks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But but it is interesting where you go and they really like those little little high points, you know, in woods or during this, you know, bad weather here as of late they really tuck into those cedar trees not in the middle of like a cedar thicket but they like those edges where if they do get pressured you know they can get out of there quick and disappear and you know you never see them so those are you know i i concentrate on those areas of bedding but the snow definitely helps it makes it a little harder to see them especially if it's a deep snow obviously most of them will be covered up and they get hard to see in that sure yeah but when it starts melting Boy, yeah. those are those are good days. Those can be really good days. I go back to a uh, a day which probably has nothing to do with me never seeing this deer again. But I was walking one of the properties I hunt after the 2018 season, and it just snowed, and I was just I think I was bored, and I'm, I thought I'm gonna go walk around mm-hmm. and look for some sheds. It was middle February, and uh, I'm in the snow, not not being quiet. You know, just walking through the snow, and I get get to this. Um, I don't know how to explain them other than a curtain of vines. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get from from me to you, which is five feet for right. people listening. And all of a sudden, this it's deer. Six feet. We got yeah, six, six feet. Six, six, yeah. Six oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this deer stands up on the other side of this wall, a curtain, and takes off. And it's this deer that I had nicknamed Sub Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, just running away. Cool name, by the way. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> and uh, that's the last time I ever saw that deer alive. Um, oh, man. No, I, t- I do take that back. The next year I saw him, he had busted off his entire right side um, right b- before the season started. But um, it was cool to walk around there and see. I mean, he had been in there. He was chewing on little berries. It looked mm-hmm. like he was bleeding, but th- those little berries. and Right. He had laid down and four five six different spots just in that little area over the the last 24 to 48 hours after that snow um of course he ran away with both antlers on right so. <laughs> you're like drop them drop them <laughs> as you're running um but that's pretty cool i didn't think of that um do you put any would you prefer to find a set of antlers together or would you rather oh, find an yeah. antler well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather find an antler in one location and then the other one somewhere else? Uh, I'd that much give rather you find more? them together really? just because the simple it's fact done. of, yeah, it's <laughs> done. You don't know how many times I've I've found one shed and spent, oh, 
countless hours looking for the other side and never find it. It's like how I swear he he picked it up and took it and hit it from me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, honestly, I would much rather find them together. It's it's way more exciting that way as well. But I would say on average, I'd say maybe one or two out of every ten sheds I find, probably one out of every ten I find is a set. You know, within and that's saying even within like a forty. 50 yard area mm-hmm. more often than not they drop one side and then you're scouring forever for the other <laughs> side and a lot of times if it's a bigger shed i stand a pretty good chance on finding it or i feel that way but sometimes you just bigger easier to find yeah, yeah. bigger easier to see and but man it doesn't always hold true it's gonna be you know you can spend a lot of time and on looking for them and that you know you get into those stick areas where you can literally walk six foot from one and Never see it. You know, right on the other side of a cedar tree, right on the back side of a tree. I mean, it's just, yeah, one of the best sets I've ever found uh, was a triple drop time buck that uh, I think I showed you those sheds when you guys were here last Mm -hmm. time. Uh, Still probably one of my favorite set of sheds I've got. Um, I went in, and I was was with my old lab, um, and we went through, and we we were working through, and we ended up finding... Uh, one side, it was literally, she grabs it like as I'm seeing it, and I was so excited. And we sit there for, gosh, probably an hour and a half, two hours after that. I'm just looking everywhere <laughs> for the other side, couldn't <laughs> find it. Uh, come back the next day, look everywhere, couldn't find it. My dad comes back with me, look everywhere, couldn't find it. Finally, I'm like, okay, we're going one last time. We're literally going to start where we found the first one, and we're just going to do circles and then move out like five, ten yards each time. And it was hilarious because he ended up finding it about 25 yards from the first shed. Oh, man. And uh, it was on public ground. And they had been trimming some trees. And they come in and they threw. I don't remember if I told you guys this. Yeah. Yeah. They threw some uh, brush right on top of the shed. And my dad got lucky and just happened to look down and saw the shed in there. And, oh, we were (laughs) excited. You probably walked over that. Oh, I guarantee I walked within three or four yards of that shed more times than I want to count. Yeah. I mean, probably embarrassing, you know. That's like, pretty cool. Yeah. So that was, I mean, it, it, they blend in. Boy, they can really, they can really blend in. So. Yeah. Well, you brought it up a second ago, but you also, you have a dog mm-hmm. that you She's train. laying right yeah, here. Yeah, Faith, yep. right? Faith, yep, Faith, Faith yep. her name. And then you had a dog prior. Um and so do you take her out with you every time? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd say 90% of the time. Sometimes when I'm after work and I, like tonight, sure. I, I didn't have time to come get her. And I sometimes I'll have the kids or somebody bring her to me and meet me. But it was far enough away. I just didn't want to, you know, didn't want to mess with it. It was only going to be a quick 45-minute, you know, walk tonight. So, uh, but, but, yeah, this is actually my second shed dog. My first one I had was the one I was just talking about. Her name was Whisper. It was a black lab. And I actually got that lab and trained her for uh, bird hunting mm-hmm. until she was about five years old. And then that's when I really started getting into shed hunting. And I'm like, hmm, this, and this was 20-some years ago. Uh, so anyways, I, I started training her at five on sheds, and she picked up really quick, honestly even quicker than this one has been picking up. Really? Uh, she was really natural at finding sheds. It's funny because – Different dogs learn different things at different rates, you know, and this dog is way more, um, Faith is, I have way more control with her. And as far as like, I worked her real hard when she was younger on, on hand signals and all basic commands. And she really took to that. Uh, where my old lab, I just kind of took her and just worked her on sheds and didn't really work her as much on the other things, uh, on hand signals and everything. And, um, so she does really great on if I want her to go any direction, I can send her in any direction. And she, you know, listens well and she covers real well, but she just hasn't really picked up on the shed aspect of it real good yet. It's just beginning, you know, I guess we're about halfway through her second season. So she's just now two. Yeah. I mean, so, so she's young. Right. Um, and I'm sure she'll get there. Uh, she's found, you know, a few by herself, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, you know, working with dogs, it's I, I just love having that extra one because, like I said, there's so many times where I'm usually scanning out in front of me when I'm walking, you know, anywhere from 10 to, you know, 30, 40 yards out. So if I can have a dog work in that, you know, 10-yard area and in towards me, at my feet, you know, back and forth, that's where I want my dog working if I can. Um, now, my old lab would 
disappear sometimes and she'd show up with a shed in her mouth which i was all about that there's no better Wish feeling i knew where you got that <laughs> yeah there's no better feeling than looking up and seeing your dog coming back with your shed i mean i say no better feeling but it, it's pretty exciting you know after you spent that much time working with them but uh her i haven't really had that happen yet everyone she's picked up i pretty much you know seen her where she's you know dropped down on it which is fine i she tends to work a little closer um but it just kind of what you prefer you know did they, you have any sort of go into it with any sort of training on how to train the dog? Or did you just like, I want her to do this, so I'm just going to keep yeah. on repeating that process? Or So my first lab, uh, I trained her on hand signals a little bit too. And I watched uh, I, actually another buddy of mine and I kind of were training our dogs at the same time. And we got into a video series. I can't even remember what it was. But it was hand signals for dogs mm-hmm. basically. And that's one thing when you're bird hunting. It's a huge deal. If your if your dog doesn't see the bird go down, then it's you got to be able to direct it on which direction to go. Um, so working her, that's almost kind of a. I almost wonder if it kind of hindered her a little bit because I worked her so much on hand signals, and then when I started working her on sheds uh, out in the yard and just you know having her find them, uh, she would find them all right. But I noticed her really looking back at me a lot, like wanting me to give her direction on Mm -hmm. where to go. And I almost think that was maybe a little bit of a mistake. I wish I would have worked her on finding sheds first and then slowly introduce the hand signals instead of being so, you know, almost almost dependent. Instead of independent. Yeah, I think her idea is I know when we go out, she thinks I know where every shed's at. (laughs) And unfortunately, I I wish I did, but I don't. Where is it, Daddy? (laughs) So she's used to me working her in the yard. And I like, there's three sheds. I mean, I shouldn't say this, but there's three sheds in my yard right now. I can go find my first shed ever. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to have people walking around my house at night looking for my sheds. But I'll leave sheds out for like, you know, a considerable amount of time just to try to let the scent get off of them so when she goes and looking you know and that's the other thing with this one she went she goes a lot off scent and they sell an antler scent that you can put on there i don't know if it's like too strong of a scent and you know obviously not every antler is fresh when you got in the woods so i've really been working with her on the sheds that i got in the yard or like out in pretty open spaces because i want her to get to where she can see the shed and go after it instead of trying to smell everything I mean, it's natural for a you know, dog to, use, dogs its to use its nose. Yeah, right. Um, and which I've seen her, I've seen her totally turn on a, a couple big sheds out in the field, and like I can see it plain as day, and she's working, and she don't see it, but I can see her get on the downwind side, and boy, she'll hit the brakes, and the bird, you know, tail starts wagging, starts getting birdie, and goes right to it. So, I know she uses her nose a lot, and there's unfortunately just some sheds once they've been on the ground for a considerable amount of time. I just don't think they hold a scent, you know, or really? not much of one. Okay. Is so. she is she a lab also, or is she? Yeah, a she's a silver lab. Okay, I was gonna um, say she looks like beautiful. She looks kind of like a a wine Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so there's been a lot of discussion. So when I first started looking for, uh, I wanted a chocolate when we found her. Um, at first and uh, I know there's a lot hopefully we don't get any hate mail or any haters because <laughs> I know there's a lot of breeders out there that don't you know don't consider the silver lab a, an actual lab which you know maybe that's the case I'm not I'm not here to it's argue news that. to me I don't know anything about labs yeah but I kind of found out after the words because we had a few people through Heartland Bowhunter that's like oh, I'm never gonna watch your show again and are you serious yeah wow and I'm like <laughs> hey look I was like I I'm not trying to offend anybody. I, I understand where they're coming dog. from. But to me, I mean, I think she's a beautiful dog. She works well, you know. Uh, but, yeah, she's considered a silver lab. We bought her from a breeder uh, down south of here a couple hours. So is it technically considered a uh, a weak, a genetic weakness? Yeah. So that color is, uh-huh. I guess, from reading, is not like an actual color that a lab will have. So you, they're still registered, but you register them under like a chocolate color. But yeah. there's other colors of labs also. That, uh, I don't can't remember what the color is right now, but it's like a, kind of like a, I don't want to call it burgundy. I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of like a between a yellow and like a reddish color. Yeah. Um, real pretty, you know, labs. Uh, but again, they're the same one, same kind of deal where they really? have to be yeah. registered under. It's a the same with uh, my dog's a German Shepherd, and and I've learned a lot about German Shepherds since owning him, and he's a, he's what's considered a black sable German Shepherd, mm-hmm. and there's all these different types of colors that are um, breed standards. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently the the white German Shepherd is considered a genetic um, weakness, and they're mm-hmm. not a recognized quote unquote breed. 
right. color. And I think there's another color that's not recognized. And I mean, you can get prettied into the weeds on it uh, for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I get it. I mean, every breed has certain things that are right. Like, I wouldn't know. give a crap. No, yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, I, I don't care. Yeah, either. yeah. I got two. Well, I mean, they're probably pit bulls, but I have no idea. I mean, they're mutts to me, but they're just yeah. If they a are. dog can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A, a dog that can find sheds—that's good in my book for sure. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean yeah. it's funny because you know I belong to a few different uh, shed you know uh, pages online mm-hmm. on, on Facebook and uh, Instagram, and and you see every every walk, every breed of dog that people try to you know go teach and shed hunt. So I mean it's if it'll go pick up an antler, then so be it. Yeah, but, that's yeah. Awesome. I mean that's that's kind of what I mean. I've always loved the looks of labs, and then when we found you know this one, my wife actually found the silver lab is a puppy online and you know we were and we we kind of looked at them a little bit but they were all like crazy expensive like well i say for me anyways 1500 bucks you know or more for one and then we got lucky and found her uh for 500 she was the last one in that litter and uh yeah we i sent my wife i was like well go down and look at her which pretty much you said your wife yeah yeah. (laughs) you know it's gonna happen yeah it's a puppy yeah you're in trouble yeah yeah no (laughs) doubt but she's been so much fun she's just and not even just shed hunt i mean she is like the the happiest dog i've ever owned i mean she has got the best mood and just you know i've we've really enjoyed having her around just as a family pet not only a shed dog but but well and you you take her out with you and i mean it's uh you kind of have that uh, camaraderie with her. Oh um, yeah! Every time you go out with her, and yeah, um, you know, training her is more things you're doing with them. And mm-hmm. um, I, I always wondered how you trained them. So essentially, you just start off the well, not to get too in detail on training a dog, yeah. but you essentially start off by introducing an antler to her. And yeah. this is this is the scent that right. I want you finding. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, the only two things I ever really play with her is I don't really play with her in antlers because I don't like going and throwing them so much. I mean, I just because I don't want her having that idea of I know where everyone's at and you, I throw it out and then you go get it because if we go out shed hunting, she's like, okay, well, where's the antler? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're not carrying an antler to throw me. So I've been real careful with that. Um, but as far as the, we kind of mentioned about the scent that you know they they have that antler scent uh, that you can mm-hmm. add to an antler, which I've kind of mixed emotions on that a little bit. I'm sure, you know, I have used that a little bit. But what I've done in the past is, like, I, I tried to, the last couple of years, I'd find a few sheds, and I'll make sure I, you know, have a rubber glove on or something, no scent, and I put it in a bag, and I keep about four or five, you know, in a scent-free bag that I'll put, you know, that I work on around here. So when I reach in there to grab it, I'll use it. And then when I'm done with it, I, you know, try to clean it with hot water, any any slobber she's put on anything you know try to get it as scent free as possible and then put it back in that bag and you know hopefully that kind of contains that antler smell Mm -hmm. uh, to it but i mean like any dog the first things you want to do you you got to have control of your dog i mean you don't want obedience yeah you don't want to go out and let the dog out of the truck and it's the last time you see the dog. So, I mean, obedience, obviously, is the number. So, no. you can't take tango. No, I got a funny <laughs> story about that, actually. It happened in, tonight. It, I need to repair my fence. and But anyways, tango, he, every once in a while, he'll get out, and he just roams the neighborhood. He'll just, eventually come he back. He comes home, but he just he's he'll, gone. He'll eventually come back, but I don't like him being out there, you know, with the road and everything like that. Right. So, Amy, on my way home from work, Amy texts me, hey, tango got out again. I'm like, okay. So I get home. I'm like, he, he hasn't come back yet? Nope, hasn't made it. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go out and look for him. I drove around probably 30, 45 minutes. Oh, no. I come back. Still ain't made it? Like, nope. All of a sudden, he comes out from the back door. Or he was in the bathroom in the uh, in, <laughs> in, in our room. I was like, are you serious? No, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, you know, because usually, I mean, like I said, he he always comes back within 30, 45 minutes or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, he still hasn't made it? I'm like, that's just weird. You know, I don't like that. Or, or I usually at least see him, you know, I'll drive and he usually hits up a few neighbors and talks to their dog for a little bit and right. you know, doesn't really do much. But so I was kind of freaking out and I was like, oh man, this ain't he was I didn't I didn't see him. I didn't time. see him nowhere. <laughs> but he likes to get in our bath. We have a little half bath in our in our room and it, it's got a little nook underneath the sink and he just that's where he sleeps. He's got his own little bed in there and he must have just been tucked in there and right. Amy didn't notice it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's it, hilarious. It, it, it was quite humorous. I was a little irritated, but it was pretty funny there. So Yeah. Hazel though, on the other hand, she if I could 
get her to trained up on antlers. She would be really good because I can take her and we go anywhere. I can no leash, nothing. She's right there on my hip most of the time. So yeah, I mean, she might be too far gone. I don't know how old a dog. You know, they say you can't teach an old dog to do tricks. I don't know if that's true or not. But, I mean, it's worth a shot, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that other one I had, she was, like I said, I didn't even start working her till five. And she was, you know, by the time she was seven, she was, you know, on it. I mean, she was really good. And, and uh, yeah, I didn't. But, but yeah, I mean, the main thing is the beginning, obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you got you to gotta have control of your dog. And then uh, the next thing I worked with Faith on was hand signals. Uh, which I kind of, I don't know if I'll do that next time. I don't think I'll hit it that hard and, you know, really drill it into them that much right. uh, next time. But, you know, and I'm, I know I'm sure there's a ton of amazing videos. I know there's a kennel club some up north of here Smithville. Uh, by Smithville that trains sheds dogs. Yeah, me, my brother, and another friend, David Jones, we actually, uh, QDMA, back when it was QDMA, they mm-hmm. did a, uh, I don't know, it was some event out there and we got to go up there and he showed us how he works the dogs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that it was pretty cool i mean it's a pretty cool outfit yeah i'm sure that would be a really good place i mean especially if you can afford to have your dog trained sure Um, i've just i've i I enjoy the training process and i really want the dog to respond well to me and kind of build that you know bond and you know friendship so i yeah I, I I couldn't imagine taking my dog to have someone train it, but that's just me, you know. Yeah. Personally, a lot of people don't want to spend that much time and don't, or don't have the time, you I know, mean, to I'm do sure it. I mean, I'm sure it take. I'm. Uh, I wouldn't even want to know how many hours you probably have in work. Oh or, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's a lot. Just training a dog in general, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a process for sure. Yeah, no doubt. But she really shines well uh, with a dog. I think when you get into those thickets. You know, when you're in an open field, obviously, there's not a big need for a dog. If you're in pretty open timber, again, not a giant need. But you get into those bedding areas where you can't cover everything. I mean, and just, you know, too thick. That's when, when you're, you know, a dog will really help you out. Come in handy. I can see yeah, that. For sure. Yeah. I don't want to walk through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even then. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Well, I mean, and, you know, for people who don't have dogs or aren't going to have shed hunting dogs, you also gave a lot of good tips on the other side. I think one main thing that I learned on this was, and it makes sense when you say it, but it never crossed my mind, is to, if you're going to be shed hunting a piece of private ground especially, yeah, don't go in there and just walk every day and blow it up because you could you could have maybe found a set of sheds off of a monster you were yeah. after, but after the fourth straight day of bumping him out of his bed or, and you might not even known it, you might've just been, oh, yeah, for cause sure. you're probably not paying attention to the wind when you're shed hunting. So, yep. you, you know, you're just walking with the wind to your back and yep. you blow him out 300 yards away four straight days. And the fifth day he goes, you know what? I'm going somewhere else. I'm tired of this. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, now yep. he's living somewhere else for the next two months and he drops him over there. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. I didn't even really think of it that way yeah if i'm by myself i usually don't pay attention to the wind i pay more attention to where the sun's at if the sun's out mm-hmm. if i'm with my dog obviously i pay attention to the wind then because she can she use the wind to, yeah um but yeah but yeah that is such a huge thing it's a, and i mean who knows how many people are shed hunting around you that are running deer onto you and if you're not pushing them off you're going to be finding sheds of deer that may even not live on you all the time you know so i mean it's it's a huge that's one of the hardest things for most shed hunters is <laughs> being patient out. and to stay out. And that could compound itself. You know, if they keep bumping them off of that property, I mean, it could go into hunting season. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> you know, that just might real. stay on you altogether. Yep. For, no, uh, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, any time a deer feels uncomfortable because it's not – and I, I say any deer. I mean, I'm mainly talking about the mature, you know, four-, five-, six-year-old deer that just don't take – too much pressure i mean they're they just don't take as much as as your average you know year and a half old deer that you know will stand up and look at you and not know what's really going on it's not a big deal to them they haven't really learned you know the the ins and outs of, of staying alive yet right so yeah that that's, that's <laughs> that yearling thing. um that yearling that gets 
comes to the base of your tree every night and just looks right. up at you and or not even look up at you just hangs out around you for an hour and a half right watch it, watches night. watches you like climb out of your tree stand and walk away and just sits there and watches you yeah, yeah. <laughs> or vice versa watches you climbing into it you almost want to like throw a wet newspaper at him and be like stop being so stupid <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean they gotta they gotta learn it just takes them a few years and but yeah well awesome well you know this is this is shed hunting season yeah. um like I said, people aren't going to probably hear this till the beginning of March. We're recording on February 23rd, but um, this is the time of the year. I mean, people have already been out. I, I know I've been seeing stuff on the the old social media. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and um, but yeah, you know, if not if it hits in March 1st and you haven't been out yet, that's the perfect time to go. Definitely yeah. need I mean, to go. That's, start that's going when then. you want it. That's really if I, if I could stay out of every place. You know, yeah. I I would I would say March first would be like the best time, or even like the middle of March if you can wait that long. But you, there's that fine line of once you want to hit it before everything starts greening up, because as yeah. soon as those bushes start, then it gets it gets harder, way harder well, to see. That, and if depending on how long they're on the ground, the squirrels get exactly. to them, yeah. Yeah. mice up and yeah. mice and things like yeah. that too. All right. So the best thing, just like deer season, if you got trail cameras, utilize them. Yep. I mean, because they'll tell you when it's time to go. Yeah, Friday night I was driving to my parents, and uh, four bucks crossed the road. It was right before dark um, when I was driving over there, and four bucks crossed the road that were decent, you know, 120-inch type mm-hmm. of bucks, um, all with each other, and all four of them had both sets mm-hmm. yeah. or both yeah. sides still on. So. I saw a group of three the other day. One was a decent, and then the other two were just little four-pointers or whatnot. But mm-hmm. There's yeah, plenty of them holding on. So Yeah. yeah. And it's one other quick thing. It's amazing how often you find, because you said, you know, you got four deer that, and they're all the, I mean, this is a time of year bucks are bachelor grouped up. So typically if you find one shed, usually other bucks are around and they're serious. I mean, there's so many times I find two or three sheds in an area and they may be from two or three different deer. Yeah. So, it, I mean, that's a very, I, I almost, stunt, I joke around sometimes. I'm, I wonder if it's like a yawn when one yawns, another <laughs> yeah. person yawns, when one deer drops an antler, another deer drops an antler. Because it's, it's, it's amazing how often I'll find, you know, different you know sheds. sheds from different yep. bucks together. Yeah. Oh, makes sense. Very uh, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on and talking about some shed hunting. It's, oh, no it's a fun thing for a lot of people to do this time of year. There's not a whole lot. I don't mean to say that because there is plenty of things to do in the outdoors right now. Oh yeah. But as you know, as far as the the popular things, I guess you'd say, quote unquote, out there, you know, duck season's over, um, goose hunting's kind of winding down, or it might even be over at this point. I'm not sure if the season is over uh, now or not. Snow geese, I think. Okay. Yeah, still. Snow geese um, right you know, so there's just not a lot of things going on other than like we're doing a lot of coyote hunting there's mm-hmm. we love that but you know so a lot of people get out this time of year and, and do start shed hunting so um be be nice to talk to from what i know the best shed hunter i've ever met uh, <laughs> I, I know sure. i know a few good ones too there's no <laughs> doubt i've 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 been doing it a long time and been fortunate and my dad's helped find a lot of these, I should say, as well. He, yeah. him, and I always, you know. You'll never have to buy out. another set of rattling antlers. No, that is life. for sure. I can kind of pick and choose <laughs> what deer I want to I want to use. But I think, yeah, the next step, uh, you know, we're talking about people doing a lot in the outdoors too. Uh, one of the things that we're really starting to get ready to gear up to is uh, obviously for turkey season. We're excited, but even before then, uh, our food plots are getting ready to come up. So. For those of you out there that are, you know, going to be planting food plots for next year, this is the time, especially for uh, frost seeding, clover, mm-hmm. and stuff like I that. I read about, those you might have told, a, it might have been you that told me about frost seeding. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're going the, with clover. Clover's, yeah. I, I remember that uh, from last time. Clover, chicory are usually your ones that you're frost seeding, uh-huh. you know, because it's such a small seed, it can find its way in. Um, those are usually what you're frost seeding right, right now, and. And it, the nice thing about it is if, if you're a lazy uh, farmer, if you will, and don't like to spend a lot of time with food plots, uh, if you've got an area that is somewhat, you know, where you can get a little bit of soil contact, this is the time of year to, to throw that clover out there and it'll, it'll you know, green up pretty quick and it comes up and will if it, if it comes up good, it'll, you know, help choke some of that other stuff out. And yeah. It's always a great great food plot that's good almost almost throughout the whole season so good awesome, awesome. well ty thanks for coming on with us and talking about some shed hunting uh we appreciate you coming on again um mike you got anything for him before we I hop don't off i think so man 
Well, thanks again, sir. Hey, no, I appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you guys, and uh, I need to hit you guys up when we're done here for some more coyote tips because I'm about as novice as could be when it comes <laughs> to coyote hunting. I don't know if we're much better, but we'll try. Yeah. yeah. We've maybe picked up a few little tips here and there. Yeah, we have. Yeah. We've had definitely had a lot of fun with it. That's yes, for sure. we sure have. Oh, good. So, all right, Ty. Well, thanks, man. Yep, thank you, guys. Have right, a good We'll one. see you. All right, that's the show today. Yeah, we want to give a big thank you to Ty for inviting us over to his house again and, you know, giving us all the information that he has. Faith <laughs> was down here keeping us company for yeah. most of the, the episode. I, she disappeared now, so I don't know where she went. But she, um, had, she thought you stunk, so she was like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he doesn't sh- smell like shed antlers. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how he keeps keeps her from chewing up all the sheds that he has all around his house because i mean we're looking at you know countless sheds and i didn't see one in her mouth so she might not be as good of a shed hunter as we thought you she never know. <laughs> no either that or he's got her trained very well so we'll i'm gonna see. go with the second one there you I'm go. go with the there second one but so thanks to shit uh, to shit thanks to ty again um so go uh, obviously uh, most of our listeners probably know who heartland bow hunter is but check them out they've got some also awesome content um uh, videos from the entire season mm-hmm. um some are still coming out um so go check them out um i'm guessing it's at heartland bow hunter and <laughs> heartland bow hunter on facebook um i just know that they're on there so i don't ever pay attention to what the handle is but yep. give them a, a, a check them out and check out their um their their videos their their top notch absolutely they have the best i think they have the best production out of any of the hunting shows and sneak peek Ty mentioned that they might be doing some videos about shed hunting yeah, coming so, up. So I don't know when that would drop, but who knows? But it's going to be coming. Yeah, I'm guessing. So, so be pretty cool. Um, anyways, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to y'all later. See you.